You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Andy, thanks so much for taking the time. So the Chiefs clearly have had an impressive run. Last undefeated team in all of football. Do you view them as the most complete team on both sides of the ball, even without Eric Berry? Other key injuries as Travis Kelsey entered the concussion protocol last night. Um, yeah, yeah, you want to see everybody be healthy, of course. I think when you factor in scheme, then you could make a very good case that Kansas City is the most complete team in the NFL. They are exceptionally well put together and well coached on both sides of the ball. And what they do with their misdirection on offense and how they leverage their playmakers, even when Kelsey and especially Tyree Kill, when those guys aren't touching the ball, they're still making dramatic impact snap after snap. That is an incredibly well-designed offense. Alex Smith has been in it for a few years now, and we're seeing what happens when a smart veteran QB plays in a a well-designed, continuously evolving offense. He's gotten better than ever. Andy, speaking of injuries Brian just mentioned, um, the Minnesota Vikings in that game being played uh, tonight against the Chicago Bears. Of course, Dalvin Cook is no longer in the mix for the year because of ACL. ACL, excuse me. And then, what about Sam Bradford? Do you think he'll have an opportunity to step on the field tonight? I, I sure hope so. I mean, he, he, Sam Bradford's a better player than people realize. And coaches around the league. I know there was one quarterback coach I've asked, and I said, "Who's the?" We were talking footwork and the details of it. And I said, "Who's the best you've ever coached?" And he said, "Sam Bradford." Uh, Bradford, from a mechanical standpoint, is highly regarded around the NFL and why that's important. Minnesota, we just talked about how good Kansas City looked in terms of design. Minnesota has looked great at times. Now, not every single week, but some of the stuff they've done with their route combinations and the way they get digs and feeling open by design and crisscrossing, or as they call it in the business, switch releases, where they're intersecting their route designs that's a really hard offense to play against. And Bradford, when you put a mechanically sound quarterback like that, who's willing to play from the pocket and willing to take what the defense gives them, that's a great combination to have. I, I, I thought they did fine with Yates in there. He did a nice job. But the more you see him a backup, the less you like what you're seeing. And they're going to get, hopefully, Bradford back. And when they do, they're going to be a hard offense to deal with, even without Dalvin Cook. Taking you around the league with Andy Benoit from the MMQB. Andy, I'm based here in L.A., so maybe I'm too close to the Rams and digesting all of their local content. But I was believing in this team, and I don't want to overreact to what we saw yesterday too much, but five turnovers in an opportunity to make a statement against a divisional rival. Do you think some of us have been too quick to proclaim the Rams are going to be a playoff club, even though you know they had many chances to win that game yesterday? Yeah, they, they did. And they've always matched up well with Seattle. I, I don't I don't know about playoffs or, or not. I you know, it's funny, we're talking about we touched on Kansas City, Minnesota, and now Los Angeles. To me, those have been the three most interesting offenses in the league this year because of how they're being designed. And what Sean McVay has done with Jared Goff is extremely impressive. He has he McVay runs a complex offense that he finds ways to still simplify things for the quarterback. And that's what they've done with Goff. Now Goff is young that offensive line is okay they have some other young players and they're putting a lot on people's plates so they're going to have some ups and downs yesterday we saw some of the downs uh turnovers you you you'll have to look at those closer on the film and see what really happened but i think this is the rams that we've seen what we've seen is legit they're three and two type of team they overachieve at times they underachieve at other times it's all part of their growing process 
Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, you watched them play, especially yesterday, um, and defensively throughout the year. I mean, Calais Campbell being an addition to this team has really made this front four uh, with Malik Jackson be as about as good as it can actually be. Um, you see Jalen Ramsey, because of that pressure, being able to to help create the turnovers. Is is the Jacksonville Jaguars as good as they seem in spurts, especially now that this running game is getting to, getting to working with uh, Lennon Fournette? Tom Coughlin, of course, brought that in. Or is yep. it the Pittsburgh Steelers are really that bad and struggling right now? I think it's, uh, as, as always, it's probably a little bit of both. I'm, I'm in the early parts of the Steelers-Jags film here today, actually, as we speak. Uh, I haven't seen everything, but I've seen every other snap all season long with both these teams. And Jacksonville, whenever you're a running-based team and they are as run-oriented as it gets, you have a thin margin for error because the running game keeps the score artificially close at times. So they really have to win with playmaking on defense, and they did that yesterday. I don't know if you get that every week, but what you can like about Jacksonville is they're talented, but they're talented in the right ways. They have a very specific scheme at that old Seahawks-style scheme. Their corners are lanky guys, athletic, lanky guys that can win one-on-one on the perimeter. And then you mentioned Calais Campbell, and, and what he's been for a number of years now is one of the best stunt pass rushers in the league. Picking off uh, blockers, looping around blockers, designer pass rush tactics out of your four-man pass rush. And that's what that defense, which Gus Bradley installed, he's not there now, it's Todd Wash running it. That's what they're all about, is, is pressuring with four, and Calais Campbell's an extremely good four-down schemed pass rusher. So they have a lot of talent and, and, and speed at linebacker as well. It's the, ty- it's the right type of talent for how they want to play, and generally that's going to lead to continued success. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Andy Benoit of the MMQB. Andy, the Browns, one win in a season and change with Hugh Jackson, trading down repeatedly as they try to maximize their draft possibilities. In the process, though, they passed on the opportunity to take both Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Does something need to change within the organization during the season? Uh, I don't think so. We knew it would be a long process. And, and watching, I've seen every one of those games on film over the last year and a quarter now, and not once have I felt like I'm looking at a team that's an embarrassment and that's not a competitive team. I don't feel like I'm looking at a great team, of course, but that's a professional team that's in the early stages of a, a massive rebuilding effort, and it's painful. And there have been times where they've played well enough to win and they haven't. Uh, right now they're very inconsistent offensively. That's to be expected with a rookie quarterback and especially given what they're asking him to do. They're, they're, they're not scaling stuff back very much for Deshaun Kaiser and you get the downs and ups with that and there's been more downs and ups so far and I think that's all to be expected. So it's a long-term plan. You have to stay the course but always remember guys those draft picks and you can accumulate all that you want. Your draft picks are only as good as the players they turn into. Andy, when you talk about teams that are that are rebuilding, uh, you mentioned rebuilding. Uh, tell me about the Giants. I mean, you have Odell Beckham was broke his ankle. Uh, you have Shepard who has a sprained ankle, and you have also also Marshall with a sprained ankle. And this team right now is zero and five. Something I haven't seen from the Giants since I've been living, uh, unless I missed it one week, one year when I wasn't watching it. Uh, but it's pretty bad in, in, in with, when it comes down to the New York Football Giants. What direction do they go from here? 
Well, there's only one direction to go from here for this season for them. Uh, the question is, can how quickly can they get there? How quickly can they get up? I think the the conversation in New York will shift. This will be from media and fans to, is it time to replace Eli Manning? Let's build for next year. And to me, I would really, really ride the brakes on that kind of sentiment. I think there's still 11 games left, and these are professional athletes, and if you lose your next 11 versus you win six of them, that impacts how you feel going into next year. That impacts everything you're trying to do and build. You take those receivers out of that lineup, you're not going to win very many games because that system is predicated on receivers winning on slant patterns and flat routes, one-on-one type of things or built-in type of things. Um, they need receivers who can win in order for that system to work. And when the receivers don't win, and we saw this when Beckham was out of the lineup the first two weeks of the year, and we've seen it sporadically all the other weeks, the, then the offensive line gets exposed because the timing gets thrown off and they really don't have an offensive line that's built to win late in the down the way like a team like the Packers, for example, have. So it's a bad year. There's no doubt about that. And it might get worse before it gets better because of what they have injury-wise. I don't think it's it, by any means uh, the team that needs to hit the reset button. They've got some things to clean up. They were issues last year as well, and they won 11 games despite these issues. Um, so Giants fans, don't panic. And, and, you know, enjoy the year best you can, I guess. <laughs> and think about what you can achieve in the draft. Andy, last one for me. I enjoy reading your work because you break down the tape and provide thoughtful analysis. When you watch Carson Wentz, what do you like the most about his game? He was spectacular again yesterday. Four touchdown passes in the win over Arizona. Yeah, what I love about Wentz is he has this ability to extend the play without breaking down the play. It's the same thing I loved about Andrew Luck when he was healthy a few years ago. Uh, extending the play from the pocket or when he moves around, and he's a much better mover than we, we think about. I mean, he, he is a good athlete out there. Is always eyes downfield. He has the arm strength to attack at the deeper, intermediate levels of the field, including when he's on the move. So, so often these mobile QBs, and Wentz is not a pure mobile QB, but guys that have that ability, it's either or. They're going to run around or they're going to be a quarterback, but they're not going to be both for you at the same time. Wentz will continue to be a quarterback for the duration of the down. He's always a threat to throw. And uh, their their play designs, they, they just last longer. And it's no surprise. We've seen Philadelphia, they did a lot of three-step timing designs last year. They've done a lot more five- and seven-step now. They're becoming a more of a downfield offense. Andy, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today here on the NFL on TuneIn. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.